I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Oh my God, they're only doing sex in the city again. This truly is the worst idea of all time. Everyone has to keep their profile photo as that until Queen Elizabeth II is announced dead. Do we do rules. we think she's already dead? Bro, Olivia, I've been telling fucking every, I don't know if I mentioned this in the podcast, but I've literally been telling everyone she's been dead for a while. And then boy, was my face red when the 1st of January rolled around. Because I've been convinced that they were going to announce it on the first day of the year. No, doesn't, doesn't she need to get to, like, February or something so that, like, it's rain that she's the oldest person to ever be in charge? Isn't that... I reckon they're, oh, like... is that a thing? Well, I don't know. Fucking someone said it. She's been if we can, yeah, while, if we can push truth. further, she's been mummified. And it's like a... What is it? Weekend at Barney's. They've got going on. Yeah, going yeah, on. yeah. I thoroughly <laughs> enjoy if they were Weekend at Barney's. <laughs> weekend at Barney's is, like, <laughs> children discovering know. that Barney is a puppet. And then, like, two exactly. of the older That's kids at the preschool. Like, like Queen Elizabeth is now. Trying to carry Barney around <laughs> the preschool to let the other younger children continue to believe in the dinosaur. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of uh, The Worst Idea of All Time. I briefly forgot the name of this podcast that's been going for eight years. Uh, Guy Montgomery is here. And also myself, Tim Bat, but most importantly, Olivia. Diebel? Am I saying your last name right? First yeah, of all? you are. That's sick. So That's well so done. good. Can I ask, I got to no, I ask okay. having read the surname Diebel, what are some alternative pronunciations yeah. that were running through your head there when you second-guessed yourself? I've got, I'm really bad at like um, uh, proper nouns. No justifying. Re- what was it read to you as? I don't know. What was know. the first word? Well, we were with Diebel, <laughs> so I thought it was Diebel. It is. Um, Dibley? Mm, oh, you'd have to actually flick the letters around to get there. Anyway, folks, Olivia has been kind enough to join you. If if you don't know who she is, bloody open your Instagram app once in a while, <laughs> would you? Former star of the finest soap Australia's ever made, home in a fucking way. Recently, a star of a, a Disney movie called Secret Society of Secondborn Royals. Well but done. most importantly, the thing I'm fucking pumped about, because I saw, oh, am I allowed to say that? Because I think you sent me a screener of it. Well, I don't know. Um, oh, we, I, sorry, it's, you I, heard about it, which is crazy. I heard an exciting project that she's co-created and starring in on Paramount Plus called More Than This, which is out soon. Yeah, early 2020. Or early this year. Dude, we're in it. Yeah. Not the, the, not the, not the project. Really uh, the year, 2022. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant we were in the project. I was no, like, well, for we, sure we are were. in the depths of our own uh, 
fucked up little project, <laughs> Olivia, and that is my <laughs> first changing lives. Oh, honestly, yeah. Well, there's... you know, my Spotify Wrapped this year was you and my top listened podcast, and I had three thousand nine hundred and eighty six minutes of listening to you. Isn't that Woof. fucked up? That is, dude. It's That's really fucked up. Is that? Did you re-listen to any episodes? Or was that three thousand nine hundred sixty something minutes of original content? No, because you guys, you guys piss me off with your uploading schedules. That's <laughs> fucked up, guys. Tell me more. Well, I feel like okay. you'll be representing some people we haven't heard from before. All right. So you post, I don't know what, like five times a week, one week, and then nothing for two weeks. And then I'm like, oh, I'm really on this train. Interesting about their thought process of a relatively poorly made film as you tear it to shreds every week for a year. And then you stop for a little bit. And yeah. then you do something else, and that's fine. And then I get invested in that, and then you fucking... <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if I like it. You're not wrong. What would help? Should we... Because we honestly don't know what we're up to ever, but would it make more sense? Should we be, like, signposting what we're doing and for how... I feel like it's part of it, though, you know? Oh, no. I think what adds to your charm is I don't know what's going to happen when I listen mm, or where so... I'm actually at sometimes. So, you know, what? it's a roller coaster. Yeah. And I think, I think if, if you were more stuck to a schedule, it wouldn't be as good. I, I mean, that's, well, it wouldn't be that's as a, ass. I don't know about a, yeah, goods. It's a very uh, euphemistic way of describing it. I think it would well, probably be Well, but people are listening better. to you because they like <laughs> No. As a fan, okay. I'm telling you, no. Can I ask you this then, uh, Olivia? Or, no, that's it. as you do request to be called <laughs> on occasion, uh, silly little Olivia Diebel, <laughs> uh, will you, you be following our unique release <laughs> schedule for your own program on Paramount Plus, or do you think you'll follow the slightly more traditional <laughs> linear broadcast model of giving everyone exactly what they want when you tell them they're going to get it? In fact, smart man guy, Montgomery, <laughs> um, we're, actually doing, we're actually taking it a step further. We're releasing like... 10-minute increments of every episode, <laughs> jumbling them up, and then at the end of a 12-month period, we put it all together in the series. That is going to... Re- it's, it's like a very Art Nouveau, avant-garde kind of was it style. Difficult to, all about conceptualism. To, um, was it difficult to write to that, or did you know you were doing that from the start? <laughs> no, no, it was a pretty on-set choice. <laughs> I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't know how else to get the funding to make the film without making what? it insane. I- Olivia, I've got another question for you, which I think as an Australian, you're uniquely qualified to answer, although you may potentially be too young. What's Paul Jennings up to these days? Do you know? Too young to keep up with him. I know he is. I don't keep up with him relatively consistently. Oh, yeah, because all Australians of a certain vintage are on close personal familial terms with Paul Jennings, but God damn that that cutoff. I I was. I was like within, it was the 2002 year, and I uh, was late in the year. Didn't get it, unfortunately. Were you? Has he written a memoir? Paul Jennings. I mean, we're alienating God knows how many people right now. <laughs> I guess one. We'll I bring guess them one. In. Paul Jennings <laughs> celebrated introducing uh, our second host slash young adult novelist. Uh, very popular in the sort of late nineties. Yeah, no, I read 90s, his books. Early 2000s. I like his stuff. You read his books and, in utero. Um, Yes. That, well, that's like the preparing, like, yeah. it's the preparing process to meet him. And I was you got uh, late. Lemon, so after the cut off. copies of Paul Jennings' greatest hits in utero. <laughs> and then my mom every night is listening to audiobooks, but like through an ultrasound, <laughs> like a, through, a shock, through a shockwave thing. So I'm getting That's why you have such a nuanced of understanding of story. And actually, Olivia. <laughs> and actually, it got jumbled in the wave. So that's why I write 
scene to scene. This, you, you, to it's, it's perfect that you are not just an actor but a creator because it, it does make you uniquely qualified to discuss the very reason that th- the three of us are gathered here, which is um, depending on your own personal perspective, the unique triumph or cynical cash grab of digging <laughs> up the corpse of the Sex and the City franchise under the banner of And Just Like That. And uh, Tim and I have watched and discussed five episodes alongside one another so far. This week, we watched the sixth, Diwali, or Diwali. Uh, and I'm not going to say anything about what I thought about it. I'd love to hear from you both. But, you know, it's very rare for us to be in the company of an esteemed writer and performer, someone who sees the show from every perceivable angle. So, um, I mean... The floor is yours, I suppose. How did you how did you find it? Have you been following the series up to this point? So many questions. Um so I so I have once you guys released the new season, like this little bit, I started watching kind of alongside, like I'd watch I'd listen to your podcast and watch mm. the episode. Um, because I thought it might help me in preparation for this. Definitely didn't need to do that because there's no context in any episode. Or if anything, it's just six episodes back, something they briefly mentioned and they have, anyways, I'm getting emotional. I can't, um, I can't get emotional yet. Um, and then what was your other question? What did I think of it? In so general? You, you've been, you've been watching along. So you're up to speed with the yeah, series. Yeah, I was watching along. Yeah. And yeah, you, again. Yeah. So oh, how is, cool. how is that? I mean, were you a fan of the show beforehand? So I watched Sex and the City one and two uh, when I was like, I don't know, maybe 12. And that was exciting because it was women getting to go travel and do all these crazy things. And then the sex, it was like, the sex was like nuanced a little bit, or I guess in my younger brain was mm. nuanced enough for me not to exactly know what was going on. Um, and then that was kind of all I'd watch. And then when I got really deep into your <laughs> podcast a couple of years ago, I listened to both series in full and then watched it. And it, to be honest with you, that was almost like a director's cut. <laughs> I had all of this background knowledge. It was like I was reading the continuity person's script and then like yeah. mattress pipe. Like you guys, I'm convinced you guys made it and then mattress pipe like King's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to take it. I'm going to edit it down a little bit. Um, and then this year I was meant to be doing a TV show in Sydney and got in a horrific lockdown and was stuck in a small beach town with a person I didn't know very well. And she was rewatching all of sex. And then I watched a couple of seasons. Wow. Oh shit! Yeah, so interesting, dude. Report no, back. It's, How's well, the it's show? a shame. I mean, you can say what you think, but just know we do not consider that part of the programming or universe. I don't to be think canon. it's part of the. I think. I think that. I think each three separate conglomerate, whatever it is, <laughs> are all so different, even in stylistic direction choice. Like that, mm. I wouldn't. I'd. It was like they. T- it's almost like they took a video game made it into a movie and then made a song about it. Does that make sense? <laughs> They're all so different that. that you can't, I can't, I don't think they even really compare to anything. Um, TV show was like, oh, I think, especially as like a writer now who's writing for teenagers and I'm trying to be really critical or like I've just gone through this big process of writing, watching older things and especially I feel like for the like people who are similar to my age, I'm saying that you guys are old. We see all these things as a vibe. It's, like, massively problematic and sexist and, like, racist sometimes, but because it's been built up as this icon in our head, we almost excuse a lot of it, which is really interesting. Um, So, again, like, the fashion's good. They're talking about sex. That's empowering. 
And yeah, every five minutes you're going, oh, that was that was on the nose. But aside yeah. from that, you think it's a vibe, so you kind of are like, whatever, it's fun. Yeah. Um, it's the TV series. That's that the TV series to, right? I'm referring yeah. to. So I, I could sit through and watch it. I think I was a lot more uncomfortable with than just like that. Was, yeah. Like I'm like it's a lot of the time I'm like, well, there's like an audible kind of like reaction from me. You're also watching this in the context that it was sort of created in and for. Like this, this is a show that was made for which 2021 I, slash two which I think that we're is, watching in real time, which I think is problematic. Like I guess I, I I consistently question what their fan base is or who they're trying to bring in, and it's concerning. Should I get Should I get into my opinions first? Is that hey Olivia? Know? I'd actually love to hear them. I got a whiskey and all the time in the world, and, a, and, a now and melted to and melted to fitted shape ice cube as well. That's right. There you go. Um, astute listeners, you're not astute enough to have heard a conversation which happened before we started recording, which was my quandary that I had an ice cube too large for the um, the whiskey glass that I've got. But fear not, because the exciting third act of this tale is that the ice melted a little bit and I fell. Can't into imagine the, glass. the the quivers of fear that was sent through our listeners in the tiny <laughs> space between the ice cube being too big and the sort of resolution of the story. Unfortunately, it was almost muscled by your like muffled by your voice, guys. You were criticizing him for not having a to fit ice cube. I'm not, so I'm really... not criticizing. I'm saying this is an avoidable problem. Ice cube trays don't come in one set size. No, no here's the problem, pretty defensive. Guy. With whiskey, you need a big ice cube because it's like, I don't know, it's something to do with the physics or something. It melts slower. So it's like, it's what you want because well, it cools down the whiskey. Well, evidently not. It was a massive ice block that then plopped. Yeah. Well, now, and now I'm kind of fucked because it does taste <laughs> now it's very watery. Melting. Yeah. Olivia, please anyway, the opinions that we were listen, promised. Opinions. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I actually want to keep talking about that fucking ice cube. Well, the thing about it is now it's like perfectly shaped for the glass, which is bring me a lot of joy. But now I'm thinking, man, a lot has melted into the whiskey. So I probably would have been better off with what? just a small Tim, ice cube that fully melted. That's the nature in. of ice, brother. You take it out of the freezer. If you're in a it's a gamble. It's always warm a gamble. Climate, that ice is going to melt. It does and when tend it melts, to melt. It's going to turn into water. And if you've got it in a drink, the drink is going to start tasting more like water than it did before. Take that whiskey. What about those? Whiskey they physics? have those. Is that what you said before? Those little rocks. Yeah, you got it. You freeze little rocks. Oh yeah, they're like little. They're little balls. I accidentally swallowed one once because my mum. <laughs> <laughs> my mum had it. What was it made of? Think, was it a like, those are the ones that they sell? Oh my god! I don't think they sell rocks small enough for a child <laughs> no, to they... drink. No, no, it was like a marble. It was on they me. Did, they have those ones on for me. wine, I think. Yeah. Usually. So what? So did you presumably? And look, we've just met Olivia. Did you have to just shit that out at some point? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> it's it surpassed through me in early in early Sorry, days. Man. That's a How comfortable anecdote. Yeah, sixteen minutes in, I love this little anecdote about me. Grape, a BB. How like. Regular marble size? Like a marble. Yeah, like a marble. Like you wouldn't drink it. Yeah. You know, it's enough to be a small ice cream. When I was uh, first... Um, it's not something that they're expecting adults to put in their mouth. And well, when I was first uh, custodian of Olive one night, I can't remember what we were doing, but we were playing with marbles and Olive, who is my stepdaughter, has a, 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 mm. a deep love of putting... Um, Olivia knows, man. Didn't different, you catch yeah. yeah, the Spotify been, stats? Different, yeah, I've been, I know all about you guys. Different, Almost <laughs> fucked up how much I know uh, about you guys. Different things in her mouth. And she put a marble in it. And I was like, don't put that marble in there. And <laughs> she just looked at me and swallowed it. Then she sort of had a panic look in her eyes. Like, I swallowed it. 
<laughs> I think it's interesting that your first night alone with this child was to speak to it. I've seen him talk to a vacuum cleaner like that. It's messed so up. He expects a response. He didn't want. He didn't. He couldn't be bothered to pick up the bobby pin, so he just hoovered over and went, "Nah, don't you swallow that one." <laughs> that is how I talk. Don't to you break my engine? <laughs> Do you know what? Life is more uh, fun apologies. if you anthropomorphize everything around you. If everything is That's imbued true. with the qualities apologies, of a human. Apologies for calling. Anyway, Olive had to shit that out. <laughs> All right, minute 17. Me. I would now love to hear Olivia's opinions about the episode. Um, so I guess my generalisation of the show is that they don't, I mean, maybe this is a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing. They don't stick to any style, do they? Like they'll start, they'll just put a montage in midway through that's relatively interesting oh, yeah. and never pick that up again. Sometimes their panning landscape shots will go for like way too long and then it, We'll just and then like then they'll do this really big like um uh oh what's it called uh like background scene to like show where the characters are and then they'll just leave the scene on for just one wide shot but then they won't continue yeah. that camera trope along. Or there's even... a lot of weird editing with that as well, like that conversation <laughs> with. Sorry, the... <laughs> no, you say it, Olivia, because I've said this before. No, so I can know. you please say for the podcast what is happening right now? <laughs> Guy, and you've done this like several times already and been dismissed by Tim. Guy likes to put his hand up, not very high, just above it, like a one intense index above his head like this. It is honestly. And then nonchalantly waits and smiles like this <laughs> until someone answers him. It's, it's the politest way and it's quite, it's, to suggest that I have something to contribute to the conversation. It's also quite jarring if I'm like looking down, I'm like, oh, fuck, I thought I've done something wrong because he's sitting here like this. No, it means that I, I have input. Which Go. Guy, what is the well, input, it's, bud? It's just with... be fucking hot shit. <laughs> you didn't need to make a big song and dance about the... Hand up system, which has been, you know, with all of us for as long as no, we've... which has been deeply criticised every time you've used it. Mate, episode I, four, I, baby, I listened I've, to it. Hey, I've never been a fan. Let hand up. The Let's just in the both of you can shut the fuck up. <laughs> so you can give your input. Yes, which go, is go, go. this. Go. I noted. Mm. I watched uh, quite a lot of the credit. Olivia will get to you. I. <laughs> Olivia's doing it, and it's really funny. I noticed in the credits that this episode, which I don't know if it was a first in her career, was directed by Cynthia Nixon, which might go wow. some ways as to explaining why it is uh, like not totally fluent with respect to the rest of the series. I don't know if that criticism was for the entire and just like that series. No, that was that was actually for the, like within episodes they do that. Like within episodes they switch up. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. They'll be going on this interesting little like trope with like cut short scene, short scene, short scene. Then there'll be like a 10 minute scene about nothing and yeah. then it'll be a music montage and I don't understand. Yeah, you're right. There's weird like rhythms and stuff. I also, I, I don't know if you guys can hear it on the microphone, but my baby is currently losing his fucking mind. He's passionate can- about it only assume that was because of guy's little <laughs> hand up system and remy can like sense how you bad my idea that you know, was you guys from you undermine the hand up the system wall. but it's a great it's a great system and olivia well, you keep with it you were doing a really good gag where you were the urgent child who really wanted to say something uh, and and there's yeah. a lot of urgency but also in doing that you i'm were, glad you picked up on it you were later, um, <laughs> well you were being she's a you were being mean and uh meanness no that's just something no 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 <laughs> Meanness. No, I if don't anything, think it was, was like mean. a little callback. 
We had some white banter about said hand up. I then recalled it and did it back. I don't know that. You've introduced an absurd dimension to a conversation (laughs) and then been devastated when someone's brought up that it is a crazy thing to do. I think you can call back to something which was said a sentence ago. Like, that's not how callbacks work. (laughs) All right, fine. It was a continuation. (laughs) Mr. I go to improv class. I don't go go to improv class. I go on Zoom with the advisors. You know, folks, it's always a real um, flip of the coin when we have a guest on who's going to get bullied, and I'm always so grateful when it's not me. <laughs> We're only it's... 21 minutes in. I'll see how I feel later. We'll go crazy. This will be a good going scorched point. earth. I've listened to 3,900 <laughs> unconsecutive minutes of you fuckheads, and you're about yeah, I to guess... get it. Or I guess maybe I, I – maybe this is like a – I, like I think I resonate with this off being off home and away and being on people's TV so much. They came up and would speak to me like they knew me. Mm. It's a really sometimes really out of pocket things, but I feel like I'm yeah. doing that to you a little bit because I've listened to you so much. I'm like I know these guys shit around. I think I can we're make fun real, of them. Yeah, we're, we're like putting our real selves out there. I don't, <laughs> I don't even. I used to watch Home and Away because I'm a New Zealander, but I haven't like watched it for years. So I didn't see what your character was up to, but I imagine probably murdered someone, crazy had an shit. With a thirty-five-year-old. Yeah, I got kidnapped know. six times in my duration. <laughs> That's too many, man. Yeah. Someone should put an Apple tag on you. I um no no here's the best. I went into a haunted house and a brick fell on my head. I developed a oh. brain tumor which turned into epilepsy, and I would consistently wet myself. Wow. Huh. I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that's how you get tumours or epilepsy. But six storyline, nonetheless. I man, it carried me on for three writers. and a half years. Good shit. Um, uh, Guy, would you like to have a run at explaining what happens in this episode? Uh, yeah, sure thing. I I, uh, I didn't write down his plot points and I watched it yesterday, but basically from memory, uh, the start of the episode, Carrie is... Um, remember, at the end of episode five... Carrie, that introduced this yeah, so, congenital hip condition, and then Carrie had sort oh, of yeah. had this huge crush <laughs> on the smoking hot, uh, like doctor who's going to coach her back Surgeon? to full health. And then she was like, Oh, that's and right. just so like that, it was two months later, and I was walking <laughs> in heels. And I thought, Okay, well, and I bought a new apartment. Yeah, I, maybe we'll see you, um, you in heels with this, you know, potential love interest that they introduced but no instead in this episode carrie is looking at buying a brutalist modern apartment in downtown new york city with anthony who is discussing having sex with men uh, next to the ghost of willie garson aka stanford the treatment of the actors who are no longer there to represent themselves in the show is honestly like almost at this point deliberately offensive it is staggering to me the treatment that they get and it was like dig after dig, wasn't it? It was like Stanford, fuck that guy. It's like, well, we we all know that he's parts. That's not. Yeah. You yeah. don't need to keep doing but, it. So basically, and and like the and it wasn't just referencing. He was like, because Anthony was fucking dudes in their sort of marital bed, and it was like, you need to, hey Michael <laughs> Patrick King, you need to chill. And I'm using your full name because I'm disappointed in you. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed, mm. and I'm angry. Uh, um. Uh, also, doesn't that fuck them up? Like, they're so obviously, like, as a writing trope, they really slid it under the, like, the rug really quickly. Leave it there. Like, the more you bring it up or the more digs you give, we're going to consistently be like, yeah, why the hell did he leave so quickly? Yeah. Or then, like, Same if you keep Samantha. texting Samantha and you guys are on good terms, don't bring it up. Like, they're gone now. Don't. Exactly. Can, we, can I ask it's a so question odd. that I haven't actually thought of? Is Kim Cattrall watching this? I like to think that she is. And what does she think of it? Do I you, like to, I think, like that to think that she isn't. 
I think she's above it. Oh. I think this is beneath her. No, that's she's true. Moved on. I yeah. I I see her like in a like I don't know in a penthouse somewhere. Like she's had people over, like her friends over yeah. to watch it, and everyone's like, "All right, that's okay then, isn't it?" It is vindicating. I'll give you that. So if you had like a watch party and it was like, "Hey, here's the project I bounced from that they offered me a ton of money to stay in, but I because I have some like perception of integrity as an artist." Didn't want to be involved did in this you, godless project. Did you anymore. say this or did the, I hear this somewhere else? And this may just all be bullshit. But wasn't like, didn't she? Didn't she do like a clever deal where then she was like, "I'll do it if you like let me exec some films." Like she was being a little hustler, and then they said no, and then that was part of why she turned it down as well. It's so bullshit because she seems smart. Like in the yeah, she few like wanted to executively. Well, she wanted. She had some stuff that she wanted to make in her agreement. Like she bought that stuff, and then they said no. But that it blows. Doesn't it? I also don't know if that's true, but let's say it is. Uh, it's it's it more credit to Samantha. Absolutely, yeah. but they like even. In the, Have you heard that? No, guy? I, I'd never heard that before. But I mean, I, I don't hear anything. You know, I, I keep my ears high from the ground, and I put my hand yeah. up. If someone hasn't preceded the rumor by lifting their finger, was that a better callback? Was that a better callback? Was that a better callback for <laughs> well, you? Of I, I don't know that we should be judging the value of callbacks in real time. I feel like that would sort of undermine any successful callback. But I will say this: that I do know that Kim Cattrall didn't want to work on the third movie or in just like that because, as we've mentioned multiple times, she didn't want to be a vehicle to Sergius Kapaka's grieving or Carrie's grieving. And in this episode, it was like. And in the pre, I think in the previous episode, to an extent, you could feel there was distance between the catalyst for action at the start of the season and where we've gotten to now. Like it felt like Carrie was actually moving on with her life, buying this apartment or whatever. And then, just like right when, if you are Kim Cattrall watching along, and you're like, "Oh wow, for half the season, maybe I could have had my own exciting storylines." The writers are like, "Hey, by the way, just in case any of you have forgotten, Carrie is devastated by the death." of her husband and we will reconcentrate the program around this just when it feels like we might be finding our feet with respect to other interesting things to explore. That's my opinion. It's weird. It is weird that they keep like building sort of these, these bridges to go somewhere and then they'll build the bridge, go over the bridge, then go back to the other side of the bridge and then burn the bridge. Down. <laughs> yes. Oh my it's, God. it's a weird way of doing it. Anyway, we, look, hey, we need to cover off some other plot okay, points that well, happens I, in this. So Carrie's got a new apartment. Yeah. And then, okay, I have a qualm about Carrie's apartment. Qualm off, queen. Thank you so much, <laughs> I'm never going to That was, like, you. really, like, um, progressive of you. I feel like we're doing that silly little, what's the podcast they do? Woke moment. I feel like it's a woke oh, moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. X, Y, and me. I feel like if I did say, like, qualm off, queen too quickly, though. Period. Period. Oh, I didn't like saying that either. What's um, your qualm, Olivia? Okay, so I'm very lucky. I bought my first apartment this year. Congratulations. Which is awesome for me. Thank you. That process took a long time. She bought that relatively quickly within the episode, then sells it again. She. That's not how buying and selling houses work. Come That's back not... from the side that you came on. Why didn't she started. just rent it out? Why didn't she do a little beat? Like that was, that, they make Gotta it difficult the for themselves. These people don't live in the same reality as us. <laughs> Carrie is anguishing about whether or not to buy an apartment thing. with her friends. <laughs> that's not a rich thing. That's a logic. What is the time frame that they go Look, through? She's friends. Like last yeah, episode, she just wet herself in bed and that was it. Yeah. And yeah. then three months in the last four minutes. 
It's such a good question, Olivia. Like, how much time is transpiring inside of this thing? Because, like, the 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 final six minutes of the last episode span three months for some reason. But up until that point, all of the moments put together might have been two days max. Two days, and then also a week. No character actually lives on the same timeline. So, like, for example, a lot of shit will happen to Charlotte. But then Miranda will still be mad at her with the conversation that we assume happened three months ago. <laughs> yeah, but then Miranda yeah. will revisit it. And then, well, like, and then what? Carrie is just existing on a whole other plane of existence as well. By the way, speaking of, like, weird timelines and stuff, oh, yeah, I shouldn't actually put the cup before the horse. But I will anyway. <laughs> Jonathan Groff is in this episode, which delighted me because um, I saw Matrix 4, like, pretty uh. much on the day it came out. And uh, spoiler alert, hey, listen, I didn't love it. If you did, power to you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. wasn't for me. But Jonathan Groff was one of my favourite bits of that. And then to see him pop up in here, and I, I didn't know he was coming. Oh, Can I just say that, that nice one of the you. best uses of spoiler alert I've heard in my life is prefacing your own opinion about something. It's like, hey, spoiler alert. This is what I thought I about it. it. Didn't Without like revealing it. any vital piece of information of how it read. <laughs> this is what I thought. Did not like it. Who who was he in uh who was guy. he in Setsa? Or what's it called? And just like that. A jilt. Uh he is a plastic surgeon oh, who appears. Dr. Paul about, David. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I want to yeah. know what we thought about Dr. It. Paul David. Because he he really rode the line of being like sort of cool, he empathetic, understanding s- doctor and super, super creepy, cynical, slightly misogynistic fella. He made me feel really uncomfortable <laughs> at all times. I was really like, I think he did a good job. I don't know. It's all like they're all in their own TV show. Hey. Yeah. Um, and my, uh, my, in some ways they are. <laughs> they are. And just like that, we have a mashup. Um. My fa- probably something that I found hilarious, and I think this is what really confuses me. I don't think you can deny that the three leads are seemingly very good actresses. Yes. Like, I really enjoy their performances. And, like, that scene last episode between Miranda and Harry, when Miranda admits, that was beautiful. Oh, that wait a minute. A, is this the picnic? That's, yeah. No, 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 no. no, no. I'm talking sorry. About I'm talking about last when episode. Carrie wakes up after Miranda got enlivened by oh, the yeah. finger. That was, that was beautiful. It's like... I actually wonder what it was like pre-editing and when you had these women performing and finishing a scene, if it is actually really good. Yeah. Because they just kind of cut it and I don't, like, you're getting somewhere and then they go, okay, next scene, I don't know, in with some people who make sourdough. And you like it you got, can't okay. you actually can't sit in what they're saying. I agree that there yeah. was a beautiful scene, and I think that the acting performances are strong. But I will never begrudge and just like that for taking us back to hot fellas sourdough bakery and delivery service. Every time, like that was the most throwaway line in one of the first episodes, and then every time we see Anthony, he's at his rented bakery space with a bunch of fucking jocks and tiny little rompers. And in this, like, have you yeah. seen their background work? Yeah, they're like it's like they're it's like they're dancing. They like think that they're in their own corner. You know, like they're just skipping around. Do you know the around. thing is, it is actually, <laughs> and I love it when this happens with these sorts of shows or projects. But it's actually consistent with the internal logic of the world because these are just hot people who have no idea about bread or <laughs> delivering food. And so food, they were yes. loading up the bread truck one baguette at a time in the background <laughs> of the scene, and I was like. I, I, and not terribly well because as Anthony had to scold one of his employees for it, they were holding the goddamn bag upside down and a baguette fell on the ground. They couldn't even hold it up the But right did you way. see his face after that? He was so chiseled. He actually looked like he was dancing. I then was looking. I was. I didn't want to hear what Anthony had to say to Charlotte. Be, he just went like this. 
Yeah. And then keep doing it. There'll be Broadway yeah. like understudies and stuff. Actually, right? I, and to get me back to Jonathan Groff, probably the reason you think he's creepy because he's he's a Broadway star. I, mm, so he's come up through musical theatre, and they all act insane. I, I felt like I came across something. I can't remember if someone tweeted a uh, Twitter account, but about um, the sheer volume of Broadway actors who are appear- well known Broadway actors who are appearing in the series because all live performance was obviously shut down, and so yeah, so the work that they hoovered up was recorded. True. Yeah. Um, so, but just taking it back, do you notice that everyone tries to get their like last little minute of fame at the end of scenes? Everyone does a really weird improvise. They can't finish a scene, like sentence done. They always go, oh, like, they, have you noticed that? I have not noticed that. Get, tell me a bit more about that. Oh, What's just going like, on? After, is it like a look or are people throwing lines in that you think not, aren't in the script? Not lines, literal like actions and reactions. Like when the girls go out for lunch. Someone will finish the line. There'll be a really awkward silence. And then they've, like, just held it on. I don't know. Charlotte does a lot. She does the little eye-rolled, like, a, oh, silly me. I was racially insensitive again. Like, really weird. I That's don't know. editing, though, right? Because I think so much of what you're picking up on so far is, editing. you know, recognising really the confused. strong yeah. talents of the actors. It's like, yeah. yeah. A lot of people are doing their jobs right. I, th- I would say the writers probably aren't. But also... <laughs> That would be it my argument as well. It makes you see editing when it's done badly. Crazily. It's invisible when it's good. Crazily. I, I, there's a few, there's, I mean, I, I don't want to be a boring guy who bangs on the drum of what happened in the episode, but there are a few things that, <laughs> I mean, it's embarrassing, and I've acknowledged it in the previous episode, but and the, I didn't think this was as good, but I am slowly being pulled into the world of the characters, and I'm sort of interested in what is becoming yeah. of their lives in this. And so Miranda is very, very softly dealing with the fallout just amongst her friends of what happened in Carrie's apartment with Shay. Like we see Miranda share that information with Charlotte yeah. for the first time and that threatens to drive a wedge through their friendship. Charlotte has the savage line of saying, you're not progressive enough to be doing this. There's a conversation about whether or not, which I love this can, question. Can I just have yep. pause? Sorry. That, so this is... This is a big fucking moment and, and basically closes the episode. It's like the emotional crescendo. They have a big picnic. Miranda plucks up the courage to reveal the fact that, A, she's in a queer relationship, and B, she's cheating on her husband. Mm. And Charlotte saying, you're not progressive enough for this, unironically the funniest line that has been written in the show. And I think, like, intentionally show. Yeah. Intentionally yeah. so. That was a banger. Yeah. I love it. Was, it's, no, like, I'm I I'm going to start telling my friends they are not progressive, not progressive enough, enough to do that. I also like it. Um, I think... Oh, you go ahead, Olivia, please. No, I'll put my hand... I'll wait. No, 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 go ahead. <laughs> you don't even need to put your hand up. Um, okay, I'll fucking go. I definitely think, like, now that I've watched them all, it is... Very late in the ten episode series, rambling together some kind of consistent theme, and then it'll hit you midway, and then they'll burn another bridge. So it's very confused. Like you feel it, it's like one step forward and then seven steps what? back. What do you think this series is about? Critically, like after now watching a few of them, I think it's about women, upper middle class privileged women in New, or I guess their attempt was upper middle class privileged women in New York trying to navigate this new world that because of the pandemic has affected them and they're trying to navigate it best they can and still be confident in being middle-aged and dealing with those problems as well, I yep. think. I, can, I, can I say, I think... I don't think that's what's necessarily been portrayed, but... The reason I think 
to, to circle back to what you've been saying, Olivia, that the show sometimes feels inconsistent or unclear is because it is trying to do that, or it's also trying to address these women living in uh, in modern society. And my God, can I just say, you can't say a damn thing anymore. Uh, oh, and aren't they God. finding that? And aren't, they, aren't, aren't their foots living in their mouths? But oh, it's balancing boy. that against the hook <laughs> or the thing that made it an interesting show to watch initially and launching. the reason that people are fans of the franchise, which is that you're watching sort of like, they're not navigating like, TV. you know, um, progressive society and how do they address things and how do they, you know, move inside of the world. They're just these frivolous women having fun with their sex lives and you're watching a genuine representation of flawed people enjoy their friendships. And now it's like it's trying to do both things at once and accordingly kind of failing at both. Which is tricky. Wow, yeah. It looks hard to make TV. I mean, I don't know how you did it. (laughs) Oh, I didn't. I chopped up a bit of a bunch of scenes and then put it together with a song underneath. (laughs) Yep. I think it's been my – so I co-created my show with a a non-binary trans person. Um, So – it's been really frustrating almost to watch this as well after mm. like having to push, like, I think like an, 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 like a similar, a slightly serious note. It's, it's hard to see that I'm trying to write shows about queer kids and getting it right. And us talking about our frivolous sex lives and that it's actually a norm. I think what's frustrating is that they still continue to isolate every single person who is, you know, either of POC or queer or trans. They're still managing to put them in the box like they're still the confusing people. And that's really frustrating to watch. Yeah, I think the key word would be othering. <laughs> like this yeah. show is just massively othering of, of everyone who is. And it's like, it's sort of hyper frustrating because they recognized it and they've said it out loud and um, even press ahead of the release of the series and stuff. They're like, look, we recognize that the show um, started in a time where these considerations weren't even being made. And there's four straight white women that have like centered this whole narrative around them. This is the nineties, man. Oh, so I thought you were saying like this series was like done before any kind of movement. So I was like, well, no, that's the thing. So like now and in in the 20, literally in the 21st century and a new century yeah. they're like attempting to do it but they've they've just done the exact same thing but, like it's still the nor- the normal people are these three women who can i say have like diagnosable <laughs> mental illnesses and that's fine but like presenting them as being the bastions of reason and truth in this or that their life is hard errand. like yeah. that's that's the pushing narrative it's no recognition or self-reflection that maybe they do have it easier and how are they going to navigate problems? At no point. At no point. And Car- I know Carrie's been widowed maybe <laughs> recently, depending on what timeline you're existing on in this At show. Least three I months also like how she drops it. It's like she forgets it sometimes. Yeah. And then she's like, Hush. oh, shit, I'm very sad, everybody. There My was, husband um, died. I wrote this one down. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. So this is the big picnic bit where um, Miranda is wrestling and with the fact that she's in re- d- entering. A- I just, I don't know that I, you'll remember this, but I don't know we're going to get to talk about the picnic before. And I just want to say that if anyone was observing the props department on the picnic, there oh, was it? such a huge variety of cutlery, glassware, crockery, food, like the blanket that they'd spread across the picnic table I mean, the number of trips that these women would have had to take from the subway or their car to the picnic table just to transport the sheer volume of stuff that they were not eating was mind-blowing. And this was like, 
there was a real emotional gravitas to the scene, but all I could think about was who brought the hampers? <laughs> who brought the hampers? How did they get in there? Do they have butlers for this kind of thing? You have to look in the background of this scene. I have not seen a picnic that is so extravagant <laughs> in my life. As and they don't were. eat anything, but anyway. Of course they don't. Um, so Miranda's revealing that she's had the sexual encounter with Shay and she's wrestling with that. And, uh, and 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 then her and Charlotte have a bust up when Charlotte says you're not progressive <laughs> enough for this, which is, again, just fucking give that line a, a golden globe. And her little frustration um, with it too. You're just not progressive yeah. enough. Like, okay. Or this for entering yeah. a relationship fact, with we, someone. We might, so tweet, that, we so might tweet that line a golden globe as soon as this episode's over. Yeah. <laughs> for your consideration. But then. Um, He's just not progressive enough. Carrie makes some shitty little quip, as she does, which is fine. It's her character. And then Charlotte says, Carrie, why do you keep trying to make this nothing? It's something. And then Carrie says, this is literally what she says, no, big dying is something. Like, this is, and she keep, this is about the third time she's done it in this episode. Just someone will say something, and she'll be like, my husband died. Stop talking to me. This is an insane way to run like a sledgehammer as well, because not long before that, for the first time, pretty much since I've met Carrie back in Sex in the City 2, and then spent more time with her in Sex in the City 1, for the first time, she like slowed slowed down. So I've got to get the note here, but she she like literally stopped talking about herself for one second to like listen and accommodate a conversation about one of her friend's problems. And she gave her friend the runway of one sentence before being like, oh, actually, I've got something for this. My- <laughs> actually, my husband died. So, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Yeah. I was really uh, upset again about the apartment. She cooked smoked salmon in the morning and then didn't eat it until dinner. What was that with? That really upset me. Oh, fuck, a, full, a full so she, bundle of fresh asparagus that was just unused, yeah, unrefrigerated. and salmon. She was like salt, and then you go, didn't you eat guys it. Are, you guys are amateurs. Until dinner time, it was dark. Also, you got to age it. You got to age that stuff on the beach. A meal for themselves at home by themselves while salting their meal says not too much salt. <laughs> that is something. <laughs> yes. At fifty three, you just. Heaven, your wiring. You don't have to say it loud then, to yourself every time you're salting. Not too much salt. And then another thing that confused me, so she's wearing a big fucking hat that smelt like big and a yellow lamp and her asparagus and salmon. That's all she has in this white apartment. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then the beeping's going off. She can't sleep. But then suddenly we see her back getting dressed up in her sari at her old apartment. Like, she's having, go home. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, you're she right. Did, oh, she did go she, home. God damn it. Yeah. But like she, I just she assumed herself... she flicked off the old apartment because the journey for her in this episode was that she was like living in her old apartment. She was like, I'm stagnant here. I'm not living. I need to move on with my life and progress. So she buys the beeping um... white sunroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or for our international listeners, um, again, the construct in the first matrix movie before they load up the racks of guns, just a, Forever white space that is um, unencumbered by furniture, fixings, or anything on the walls. It's just an infinite white mm-hmm. that she's living in. And part of the... Th- I've actually got a pitch to make for you guys as well, especially... Well, you're both writers, though, so I'll pitch it to both of you. So one we'll of get the on things, an executive producer role. We'll, uh, we'll make it You happen. can have EP credits if I can get the ball rolling on Good. this with you guys attached. Thank you. 
Carrie is struggling with a beeping, an incessant beeping that is happening in her apartment for part of this episode. She can't figure out what it is. I don't think it's ever solved, which is deeply frustrating. She as a guy sells really her apartment because it. it's beeping. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she does. <laughs> but how good would it have been if for this episode in the series, it was entirely a one-room episode and it was Carrie going insane with this beeping and people would come and visit her and she would ring friends to try and solve it and it was like that episode, The Fly yeah. in Breaking Bad. Or, or like the Chinese restaurant in Seinfeld when the entire episode is just in the foyer waiting for them to be sat at dinner. It is. It would be, Tim, I mean... I don't know what the rules are on commissioning rewritten episodes of pre-existing intellectual property that's already been released, but well, it would be a fuckload better uh, than If what anything, we you're regaining your own intellectual property. Like this, again, this series is so on the nose. You could probably, I don't know, falsify some documents it's, to make, to, you know, a, say that you came up with it. I, I love yeah. the idea, but I also just want to talk about Carrie's journey, which as you said, is like in the old apartment, she's feeling stagnant, buys the new apartment, so After buying her new apartment, says to her friends, I don't know if I should buy this new apartment. And they say, well, don't. And she says, oh, I've bought it. Everyone goes, wow, that's okay, because money doesn't exist. And you can do literally whatever you want. And there's no consequences for it. And yes, we remember your husband died. Carrie goes to her storage unit, which is so poorly organized. Watching them try and find stuff to put in your apartment is so stressful. It is a room full of unmarked boxes that they open at random to try and find and objects to take back. And then goes to the... And it's emotional minesweeper as well, because she knows that some yeah. of them will set her off because they'll be too Emotional minesweeper is a beautiful big, articulation. Others, goes to see Dr. Paul David, who shows her her Ooh. face 15 years ago, which causes... And then she selfishly takes that away, that moment away from Anthony. Yeah. Like, shout on Anthony for wanting to get Botox. And I was like, fine, I'll get a face But when she, gets, when she sees the digital rendering of her facelift, Carrie, you literally watch Carrie for the rest of the episode, question, question or not whether age should exist, whether or not the concept of age <laughs> should exist. And then that is pretty much what fuels her the rest of the way. And she's like, do you know what? She sells the brutalist apartment. She says, yeah, age should exist. <laughs> <laughs> a good learning. I will. Oh, God. And Can I ask um, Olivia a question? In fact, Olivia, you go and then I'll ask you a question. No, I was going to say I enjoy two things about this episode. I like that people eat bread. I think the one thing they have got is they're not perpetrating bad eating disorders. I think that's actually really good. That's my little compliment Mate. to them. That is a, a bar yeah. so low, <laughs> it is basically buried underground yeah. that they've gone over for you. <laughs> well, you know. The word compliment is a bodybuilder <laughs> in that sentence. <laughs> Secondly, um, I have forgotten that her real estate broker's name. Seema. Seema. Seema, CGI cigarette, took out a friendship bracelet, put it on using the cigarette hand, was on her phone tied this very small friendship bracelet and then continued to smoke. I thought that was impressive. Impossible, but hilarious I, to watch. Continue. And she's giving this whole spiel about friendship, but it's just a close-up of her hand with this obviously CGI cigarette whilst she's tying. You can see like them fault, like do a fake Fuck, CGI I didn't that. It's crazy. I that. I, oh my God, I need to go back and watch that. There was a on the screen, so I actually couldn't see what Seema was tying. And I kept thinking, I had to rewind the scene a few times because I kept thinking she put that <laughs> carry bracelet on her wrist watching? as a gift. Yeah. And then Carrie was putting it on as a necklace the next day. <laughs> uh, 
I watched it in the afternoon on a television with windows next to the television. One uh, of the last things you want near your television. Bloody windows. Windows, the enemy of the but, TV. And I know, I everything I know it was CGI, but Olivia, do you agree? I mean, again, there might be a, an age barrier to this, but what a joy it is to see cigarettes back on screen, eh? Yeah, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always, I love it. I think they're really cool. Seems cool. I, Sorry, guys. Yeah, I had to, with the TV show having, like, uh, working with ACTF, which is the Australian Children's Funding Association, I just, like, there were so many scenes of cigarettes I had to edit out. It's like, but it's so cool. Look at me, like, this is going to 14-year-olds. I was like, I know it's bad. It's still cool. They also know it's cool, though, and they smell a rat a million miles away. Um, my question for the audience is Miranda using a vibrator on herself while telling Brady <laughs> yes! to not stay out too late because he's got a test the next day while she's on the brink of orgasm. What do we make of that? It's super uncomfortable. The, I hate it. It, it is honestly fucking crazy, crazy <laughs> behavior. Can you not put the vibrator down for five seconds to tell your son oh, that you're he... sleeping? But he also gave you so many opportunities to stop the conversation. Like, he was like, okay. And then she's like, don't stay. And she keeps, I was like, no. But you, she's adding things. Yeah. But she won't remove the vibrator. Man. I, while, we're, Man. while we're in that house, I just need to know. I know I favor him. But how does Steve fit in with all of this? Like, his, what the fuck his was will yeah, is he he's, retired he's now? Collapsing, not collapsing around him, but like here is a guy we've seen quite a lot no, of. It is. He's um mm. he's losing his hearing. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was really sad. And, yeah, yeah. Really, he does that so well. He's losing now, but he's like he's losing his marriage, he's losing his screen time. And it's because he's, he's got he's chia a real seeds quiet. in his mouth. Yeah, he's got, he's we've down all, at the dentist the whole season because it all takes place in one day. Got, he comes back hearing gone, teeth lost. He's just this gummy <laughs> rambling. Like, I had a chia seed and ran- <laughs> stuck so deep in my. My wife's left me for a podcast. <laughs> the name Shay. Shay. <laughs> I had a chia seed stuck so know. deep in my teeth <laughs> it was blocking my ear canal. And they had to remove my, like, septum, too. It's fucking out. He's literally not in this episode, which is devastating. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where he is because I don't think he's got his bar anymore. And he's just a quiet battler. Does you know? he know he's that he's his wife's dealing warrior. with alcoholic? Like, has no. she admitted that to him? No. I mean, obviously. And, also, and another thing about the alcoholism thing. This show constantly is picking up hot coals that it has no gloves to handle. Can I just say, for anyone listening, alcoholism is like one of the big ones that you don't do cold turkey. Like, you need to be in the hands of a professional to deal with chemical alcoholism because people can die if they go cold turkey after being addicted to drinking. you got to have a bit of a plan for that shit. They're all congratulating her on the show. They're like, Miranda, we're so proud of you for going cold turkey on your alcoholism. And then Carrie's like, please mm, don't sucks do that, that this isn't real. Yeah, Mar- well, Miranda, so Miranda says it's a, oh, the yeah, fake wine. Says it's yeah, a yeah. shame it's not real. To which everyone goes, no, oh, yeah. it's okay, Miranda, we don't mind. But goes like, yeah. But then Carrie refers to the picnic again, being like, if I made no, she that says, up, I wish this wine was real, real when things yeah. get tense. Deeply insensitive, this woman. They're crazy. Uh, Miranda. They're wild. Oh, also, can I, can I just ask this as well? You Sorry might. to cut you off, guy, but I, th- I think it's important. So one of the big threads in this episode is that um, Stanford 
has got a pre-booked in facelift consultation Anthony. that was driven by Anthony. Oh, sorry, Anthony does. Stanford's gone now. Anthony is going because it's booked in. He brings Carrie for companionship. Now, am I? So there's a lot of conversations about facelifts. Whether we should be getting facelifts, what it would mean, how much it would cost, what are the ethical or sort of personal implications of it. Am I crazy to think that this this show is gaslighting all of us because everyone has like pretty visibly recently had a facelift? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. And then, like, but SJP? I thought, I guess I thought that like. I don't know. I I think I thought that she like had work. I also also they would have had work done. Like that would have been a thing they would have chatted about in the nineties show. I'd assume no, probably totally. Not. But like they'd all be having Botox. Yeah. So I assumed that like this was just like another checkup. I guess I read that scene as she gets Botox, but a facelift is more intense. They kind of, but even the Botox seemed they kind new to of her. um they sort of done. I'm to- convinced that they wake up every day and don't know. They. Like, they're on, like, I don't know, like, Xanax consistently. Like, and they wake up and are like, oh, fuck, my husband's dead. I'm cheating on my husband. What the fuck's Botox? Yeah. What's what, a quality? Like Drew Barrymore yeah. in 50 Before, first days yeah. and have to put a VHS in going, you're rich, your husband's <laughs> dead, you own three apartments, everything is about you. If your friends say it's about them, they're fucking lying yeah. and you need to yeah. retrain the conversation to yourself. Carrie even requests a Valium while she's learning about Botox just to help her really ease into it. I thought I that they, the show sort of winkingly acknowledged that um, everyone has their own relationship to... Are you uh, are you giving them that credit to be self-aware enough? Facelifts? I'm, yeah, uh, I'm, asking, I, that, I'm asking that you so earnestly. I, I am. I mean, I don't think that this show is exclusively constructed, created, and written by people who don't know what they're talking about. I just think that they probably have some very talented writers who are trapped inside of a very confused and conflicted program, which is trying to satisfy multiple audience bases at once and accordingly shooting through the middle of everyone. I don't think old fans of the show are loving this. I don't think new fans of the show are loving this. I would say, honestly, I'm probably one of the top fans of this show in the world. I am having a whale of a time. I don't agree with everything that's happening, but I'm watching it and I'm like, well, you know what? You know, it's nice to be, it's nice to be with, and I said in the first episode, and this rings true throughout the entire season. And I also think as the season finds its feet and, the, you know, the more immersed you get in the story, the more you can actually care about it and believe in it. But as I go along, mm. I'm like, well... This is, I guess, this is something. I mean, the bar's low, you know. I've I've spent time with Tim watching things that make me feel worse. And so, in that respect, I, I'm a victim of my own circumstance. But I'm not hating it. And, you know, they're, they're, they're failing a lot of the time. But they're trying. Like, Charlotte's storyline in this episode I is think the first time no, I was, I've managed to yeah. start have, having empathy towards Charlotte basically in the entire Charlotte appears to actually be making an effort and mm. it's, it's, it's wonderful to sit instead of just picking, you know, instead of just, I don't know. I, I've traditionally had problems with Charlotte, but I can see a world where <laughs> yeah, her and I can get along. Yeah. Right. Oh, good. I'm glad her redemption's coming to the forefront for you guys. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, what are, am I crazy? What do we think? It's a bad, is it a bad show? Is it, is it tolerable? Oh, it's tricky. It's getting, I think it's, it's I think it's, it's, Morphing from black and white and just massively problematic to there being shades. Mm. It's becoming more forgiving, I guess. 
I genuinely don't want to give the show too much credit because I think if you get into hour six of any televised story with this much budget, if it's not at the level of interest <laughs> yeah, if which it's not I'm in- at with this now, <laughs> yeah. that's actually impressive. Yeah, mm. that's true. Yeah, I, no, I, I don't. I, I think it's. I think it's problematic. I think. I guess it's. Yeah, it's a lot on the nose. I th- a lot. Of, a lot of my friends have real problems and are very like are upset by the things. But that's also not my story because like, there's this. Um, like bisexual person. That's not, I don't have enough to say why that would be offensive, but it's very on the nose. Like I watch a lot and go, "Oh, mm. that's gonna piss someone off on TikTok." It's very much that. Yeah. I it, it, it screams um, uh, mattress pikelet king out of his depths. But what are you, it's my favorite place for him. I don't imagine Michael's mattress pikelet king as a person. I see him as like a black sphere with a crown. Oh, I it's really that. vivid for me because I think I listen to you whilst I'm like working out or running, and every time you wrote a photo, he's like just sucks everything in. And Can that's, I ask that is that. Then... What's it like listening to the podcast while you're running? Um, I I think it, it helps me focus. It helps me detach from working out because I don't particularly enjoy working out. Yeah. So it's yeah. like I'm listening to you guys and enjoying, and it's like it's. It, it feels like a con- your con- your TikTok your, your sorry your podcast sounds like a conversation. Mm. Which it is. Yeah. Shocker. It's good. You're, you're, That's a really stupid thing for me to say. No, it isn't. Because not all podcasts do. Yeah, podcasts I mean, that are I mean that it's like, don't. you know, you go in different directions. You have a funny bit. You Like, it's, you. I can be immersed with you more than, like, information podcasts that are pretty directed. This is totally by the by, but I was watching some old Dick Cavett clips on YouTube. You know the old late night talk show host Dick Cavett? Cavett? Yeah, I do. Cavett. He was great. And the I was Kevitt. watching some the old Kevitt George show. Harrison interviews. And those interviews used to be like now those are the most boring interviews, celebrity interviews on late night talk shows. Those used to be podcasts. Those used to be like genuine, yeah. long and winding, boring conversations with all of the awkward pauses and then suddenly excitement of finding a strain of conversation you're interested interested to have. It was so much fun. And now it's like Dude, I've I've watched him talk to Marlon Brando. I can't recommend those Dick Havert <laughs> show clips enough. It's sensational. Yeah, he's a really good interviewer. Anyway, R.I.P. what the hell would I know? We're going to put a pin in this, guys. So, um, Olivia, have you got any stray thoughts, any burning sort of observations that you want to share before we are no longer... Oh, we're going to do best worst characters. Of course, characters, right? talking about episode six of In Just Like That, Diwali. Let me quickly look at... I did write some notes, but they're not very helpful to me because I just wrote, like, question mark around things. That's okay. Um, I think... I Just the buying and selling house is really frustrated. Yeah. Like, I just... Why didn't she just rent, you know? Like, they. she said it like she'd signed the papers. She moved in for seemingly a day, and the buzzing pissed her off, and then she sells it again? Wow. Like, that just took me so... I don't know. It really upset me. I'll say this. That she sold it that quickly. One of her, one of her uh, fast-becoming close friends is a, a wheeling, dealing realtor called CMAP, who appears to be incredibly good at their job. Yeah. I mean, I still think it's totally... But bad at lying insane. to her parents yeah, yeah. about having a man in her life. And named Dennis, Carrie was super insensitive to... I don't know. We, they I like... Mean, they, and it's almost like they're, it's like they're flirting with the idea of cultural appropriation so consistently. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be problematic in a scene before, but then we're going to have a person of that ethnicity explain why it's okay in certain settings. 
and then Carrie will say something insensitive at the Indian dinner, but it's okay because we've explained when that. Carrie yeah, you know. was looking at uh, saris and outfits for Diwali to go with Seema to her her family's um, celebration. I was honestly flabbergasted that she didn't say, like that she didn't immediately be like, do you know once I was in Abu Dhabi and I got whisked away into the <laughs> side room and I tried on all these incredible clothes with these Arabian women. This is a bit like that. <laughs> like, At least she didn't make a pun on the word sorry. So I feel like some growth has happened for the writers of the show. But, and, and, and yeah, I think, Olivia, to, to your great point earlier, I don't think... I'm the person to sort of recognize where the line is or if this is across the line, but it does feel like the show's kind of going, I'm not racist, but and then <laughs> says something super like just because you prefaced it by mentioning the word cultural appropriation doesn't mean you're not. <laughs> yeah, doing and then doing it's it. It's cultural Later. appreciation. And with that, I give you license to be as much of a piece of shit as you'd enjoy. Yes, you they also I just like to say in this episode, I think they they fleshed out Seema's backstory and also I like Seema. Uh, I like what she's got going on. I think she's cool. I can't find Miranda's law professor. There was a whole scene oh, yeah. in the middle of the show, oh, yeah. which was just about their story. Nothing to do with how it relates to Miranda. Um, also a sex scene. So I was like, oh, that's right. Hot. The second time. It was really yeah, good. Was like, it was actually really a good scene. The second time in this season that I've been reminded sex exists in this universe. <laughs> yeah. The first one was when Miranda was absolutely going to town on herself while talking to her teenage oh, no, son. The third time, because and the being time before finger that blasted was, whilst yeah. Carrie pisses herself in a yeah. bed. <laughs> she was pissing into a Snapple bottle. It's okay, uh, Olivia. As you were, yeah. any of the any other stray thoughts or questions that you were left with after this episode? Lots, but I don't think it's like I think there's just lots of hey man, what the fuck was that? Mm. But no, I all, like I think you're always you don't feel fulfilled. Nothing's just answered. Like, you just get a yes or no from both of you. Does climate change exist in the and just like that universe? Yes, but not in a way that the not in a way that yes or no, guy. Yes. I want to say no. I want to say it's like post-apocalyptic. No, thanks, Olivia. Okay, time for best character, worst character. Um, Guy, do you want to go first? you want me to go first? I'd like you to go first. you want Olivia to go first? Um, Olivia, the only reason I'm not putting you first is to give you time to think. Uh, I am going to select for my favorite character. What's his name? Dr. Paul. Paul David. (laughs) Paul David. And I will not elaborate. <laughs> and for my least favorite character, I'm going to say Was that biased, though? Is that a biased? 100%. But I also thought, like, all his little, um, the things that you're perceiving rightly as gross, <laughs> if he would say the wrong thing and then worm his squirmy little way out of them, I was like, oh, he's clever. I think his he's silence was the most uncomfortable thing for me. Like, he was the only one who could be funny, so he'd sit there. If anyone said anything, he'd be like... <laughs> Yes. Shut up, woman and gay man. <laughs> Shut up. Such an unattractive quality in someone, eh? Um, Sorry, I interrupted you. Fuck. I mean, I just keep coming back to Carrie, but you can't pick a person twice. I can't remember who I've picked, though. I'm going to say Steve for not being around. No, I can't do it. Brady. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and this episode? Yeah. Yeah, I'll stand by that. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite character is the law professor's husband. He is so supportive 
and so loving. And I also don't fuck with that she, like, when she doesn't want to have a baby or she's stressed, she doesn't tell him. She just avoids it. He's so obviously supportive and loves her so much. And his name's, and I thought he was nice. His name is uh, Andre. Andre. Andre is my Andre favorite Wallace. character. That's beautiful. My bad? Andre Wallace. Yeah. No, it's just not your bad. I just <laughs> threw a surname in there. And uh, what was, who was your justice. least favorite? Um, oh, who was on my rock and The surgeon made me feel. You can like, pick yourself. I can pick myself. <laughs> yeah, because as a I viewer, am... you're like a character in the experience. It's actually Anthony. I actually just like um just you're nice. I don't know. I. I'm. So... But I'm also really fascinated with Anthony. I want Anthony to have his own spinoff where we see his deeply rooted, obvious trauma about being gay or something that happened to him that just makes him such an asshole. Like, yeah. what happened to that man? I, that he is so deeply suppressing inside of himself. I just love that he's gotten into bread. Have... <laughs> like, there's no, there's no They've mentioned that it was hard for him with his family. I think previously, but the bread thing, I, I've got no explanation. The bread for that. thing rules. My favorite character is uh... the bread. Well, no, <laughs> the baguette the that falls on the floor. It's the stupid sourdough guy was hanging upside down. Okay, if we were doing favorite prop, maybe. <laughs> Uh, but my favorite prop would actually be the magical, <laughs> the the, the, the magical the picnic hamper that can carry a literal like five course meals <laughs> worth of food and cutlery and crockery. Uh, my favorite character was actually Shiva's dad. Shiva calls <laughs> her dad at one point and he's like on the phone watching the New York Knicks and he's both having a conversation with his daughter, which seems to be somewhat emotionally loaded for her. And also just watching the New York Knicks. And, uh, Ah, it's Knicks. sort of it's a classic comedy beat, isn't it? Is someone's distracted while they're having a serious conversation, and there's a lot of opportunity for sort of misunderstandings and whatnot. And um, a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. Uh, my least favorite character, slightly more challenging. Uh, I'm just going through my notes to see if there's anything that. Also, did you just call her Shiva? Or did I mishear you? I did. It's yeah, Seema, right? Seema. Was it it's Seema. Seema talking to her dad? I've just written down in my notes at the bottom. I was like, that doesn't look right, but I said anyway. I, I changed her name somewhere in my notes watching this episode right. from Seema to Shiva. Shiva, destroyer of worlds. Uh, and then my least, oh, I had another one. My least favorite character was, oh, only because I like the way that she was disparagingly talked about by uh, Miranda's law professor, Fertile Myrtle. Uh, a woman who, once we met at dinner, actually seemed to be fine. It's actually not that bad at all and really like, nice. I think a lot of that is mm. actually uh, the law professor's problem who appears to have, you know, some unresolved Maybe she'll become a that. villain. Maybe she'll become a It'll villain. It would be nice. Villain, I, do like, I do like watching the seeding of villains in programs and movies where it's like they are totally relatable and all good and then all of a sudden one thing changes. But no, um, Fertile Myrtle... We get it. You're fertile, Myrtle. Stop banging on about it. The, the our our, our uh, the and worst idea of all time extended universes second Myrtle. The first being the security guard who eats an incredibly overripe banana in Paul Blart Mall Cop Two. As I like to think, and on all that, Myrtles spend time together in between filming projects to talk about. They get their fertility and, yeah. together and join in like a ritual. And being a word that is constantly <laughs> rhymed with turtle for lack of other options. Olivia, it has been a delight. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so happy. 
You've been such an awesome, fun guest. And um, everyone, please watch the show more than this. What's like the te- – is it global or what's the deal? Um, so it's premiering in New Zealand and Australia uh, 2022, and that's where it goes first, and then it will make its rounds after that. It's an, it's an exciting Look time to be alive. Download it. Yeah. Get a VPN. Keep changing your country. Keep watching it yeah. because then that adds, adds. numbers I think. And then we can get Carrie stuck in a white room with beeping going on up, which is my next passion project. In a yes, white right. room. Let's get the boys paid. With constant beeping, <laughs> Carrie's sleeping. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.